What's going on, beautiful creatives? It's your girl and Michelle bring you an episode of Drop That Booty, the show where we give you a valid reason to be nosy as artists come through and drop gems about their creative journey. Let's go. Today's special guest is a painter whose style is a combination of abstract and realism, and he's using his art to help you find your happiness. Please welcome the amazing Tariq D. Agnew. Thank you for coming hey, on the show. How y'all doing out there? Hey, no problem, no problem. Appreciate you having me. Definitely. So, um, it's been a crazy few months. It's been a crazy 2020. Um, <laughs> yeah, it has. And we are in like what is this month two of the stay home order for North Carolina? Uh, yeah, about a month and a half, but it feels so so much longer than that. It does. It's crazy. Yeah. So like, as a creative, how have you been coping? Uh, I've been catching up on sleep. <laughs> I'm not even gonna lie to you. I've been catching up on sleep. Um, it's uh, man, it's just just try to be productive. You're just trying to stay busy, really. I feel really you. Trying to stay busy. Um. So like, hey. So you said you've been sleeping. So you hadn't done any painting, any drawing, nothing. Well, I have. It's just been like very sporadic because I'm more of like a a procrastinator. So it's <laughs> like if I gotta work the next morning, I'll, I'm a night owl. So I'll probably work all the way up until like five o'clock and say, all right, I got two hours of sleep before I go to work. But with you know my sleep schedule kind of messed up or whatever, it's like I sleep longer in the day. So it's like. I can put it off a little bit. I, I don't I don't really have a deadline to put it off, you know what I mean? So yeah. it's kind of like I'm fighting with myself a little bit just to make stuff, but I've made stuff, you know. Um, it's just, yeah, you know what <laughs> I mean? I don't know where the day's at, man. <laughs> oh, man. So um, one of the things I know you talked about that art has helped you with is depression. And during yeah. these kind of times with the stay-home order, I know it's a lot of people. I deal with anxiety. Yeah. And it's a lot of people dealing with depression. So tell me a little bit how you overcame depression or if you're still dealing with it and how you work through it with your art. Uh, I just go on record. I say everybody deals with depression in some yeah. type of way, whether it's mild, medium, or high. Everybody's dealing with it. It's just how you cope with it. Um, how I dealt with it was more of I'm a humorous person. I like to laugh. I feel like laughter is good for the soul. So anything that makes me laugh, anything that like engages me as far as just to put a smile on my face, I'm with it. And um, it's funny because painting necessarily doesn't do that, but I get so inspired when I see other people's artwork or anything really creative come from that. Like someone else's mind is just like, wow, that's like really dope. And I just want to see if I can do it. So, and I know I had some talent in high school, even though my art teacher gave me like a C or whatever. But she ain't shit. She ain't. But, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, just something, you know, uh, something new to try. And, you know, it worked out. It worked out pretty good so far. Yeah. So I want to talk about that laughter being good for the soul because you said you were a comedian. Like, what yeah. was that like? That was uh, <laughs> that was very interesting because I'm a quiet kelp person. I don't <laughs> I don't really open up to strangers very well. So like it's funny because when I told my mom like I want to you know I want to try this comedy thing, she was like you can't talk for shit. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like well you know like it's like one of the things where like black people was like oh you you funny around the house but you ain't funny to like random people type thing. Yeah. You know it kind of got to me a little bit, but it was kind of like a little. Um, I was in the mode of like kind of proving her wrong a little bit. So it worked out good until like I bombed my last one. 
<laughs> it, it it just ain't I'm not gonna say it discouraged me. It was just one of the things like all right, I think I'm quiet kept like in the circle of my friends type thing. But I met a lot of dope people. Uh I learned networking. Out of anything mm -hmm. I learned, I learned networking. You have to network. Um, as far as making it through any type of business, that is one quality I did take from that. But overall, it was just it, it was like one of them times. It was, it was dope. It was really really dope. So your first time performing comedy was like a hit then. It wasn't a hit. It was more of I knew exactly what I wanted to say. Besides like reading a script, like I don't know gotcha. if you like a news teleprompter, they're reading something and they're kind of, or they memorize it to a degree. I kind of already knew and embodied what I wanted to say. It was really just about school, like school <laughs> and relationships. I mean, I I knew that off the top of my head, but when I like really started to like study and say, okay, I want to go topic to topic and transition to transition, that's when I kind of struggled because I was thinking about stuff that was funny and not really organically thinking like that is funny. Like, oh, I lived through that, so. So it was pretty much relatable. How old were you when you were doing comedy? Uh, I was probably like 23. Oh, okay. 23 to 25. 25 is when I really stopped, like, avidly going out to clubs and stuff like that. Okay. So, like, the show that you bombed, what was it about that particular show that you felt like it bombed? Oh, it was at Homecoming. Wow. <laughs> it was at wow. Homecoming at a HBCU with a whole bunch of black people and probably like four or five white people and my professors. I talked about the wrong subject. I talked about cheating on the test. <laughs> what? <laughs> and I, I did more snitching than I did jokes. <laughs> Come on, I know they were pissed. I basically said, uh, I made a joke about uh, everybody done everybody done cheating on the test before, but as a matter of fact, you get caught. And I was telling like different ways how to like, <laughs> and everybody started, it was it was funny at first, but then everybody started catching on like, oh shit, like <laughs> he, he, telling, he telling away my A. Oh man! So they start booing. Wow! <laughs> so it wasn't pretty much of a bad thing. It was just one of the things like, yo, you gotta get off the stage because you're gonna ruin my grade. Right? You out here ratting all these people out. <laughs> I mean, but I was honest. That was my uh, whole thing. Like, that was a little too honest, though. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> so after that, you were like, nah, I'm not giving comedy another try. That was it. Uh, I I go to open mics and stuff to support my other friends that do it, but mm -hmm. other than that, I, I never really got back on stage after that. Nah. I feel you. So what was that transition like going from focusing on comedy to putting more of that attention back on doing your digital arts and painting stuff? Um, you know, just just life really just, you know, I just needed something to keep me occupied with everything going on. Right. Um, at the time, like I was like, I was transferring jobs from another school or whatever. And, you know, I just needed an adult thing to do like that's the funny thing like when you become an adult like as a kid you do all the stuff like integrated basketball and mm -hmm. all that stuff and as an adult you just you know if you're not in that realm of your friends or whatever it's kind of hard to get that excitement back as a exactly. kid so I just needed something like that and I think Peyton uh it definitely is that thing for me how I got into it was just basically just on Instagram just looking at different people and them being creative and stuff like that. Shade Room at the time did a thing to where they uh post different artists. They called uh on Wednesdays we paint. Okay. Something like that. Yeah. And you know, seeing different artists and styles like I was like, Oh, that's dope. Let me let me see if I can do something like that and followed a couple people and, you know, their whole process and stuff. So I got really 
really engaged in stuff like that and, you know, studying and all that stuff. So that's kind of how painting came evolved with that. Gotcha. Okay, so I've seen your work and I love the way you create art. Um, one of the ways I've seen you describe it is you say if you're up close, it just looks like a bunch of random shapes. But if you step back, you see the bigger picture. Like, what is it about your perception of the world that makes you create your art that way? I think it's definitely unique and different. So what inspires that creation? Um, It's basically when when you you don't really know somebody off the bat when you meet them. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to kind of take it at face value. And once you get to know them a little bit more, you can start seeing what their vision is or what the bigger right. picture is. And that's kind of how I see my art heading okay. in that direction. Before I was just kind of, you know, copying whatever I, I liked on, you know, like TV shows and stuff like that. But then like, as I did it, I, I saw like a talent or a concept I really wanted to go with it. And I kind of, it, it kind of took a manifest into its own a little bit. So that's kind of how, how that is, is coming into part like that. It's just, mm-hmm. you know, when you know somebody, you know, you can see a bigger picture than what, what it was before when you met them. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. So, like, have you ever taken your art and used it as a way to communicate your feelings to your partner in a relationship? Like, what's that dynamic like? No, I haven't did any of that. Um, I That's actually a good way to go about it, but I haven't really manifest any of... Uh, any of my thoughts and my paintings, it's kind of just like what I see okay. or like what I what I feel or I might Google concept and see if anybody has did it before. If no one has done it, I just, you know, try different, study different hands mm-hmm. or, you know, like, you know, portraits or anything like that to see if anybody did that thing and just, you know, kind of make it my own. I just try to do something different. That's the right. thing. I don't want to be in the same lane as everyone else. Like my my main thing about it is if you see my artwork, I don't do a lot of celebrities and I rarely do hmm. any. I probably did two. My only only time I really did two or three. Okay. But I don't want to do celebrities because I feel like that's kind of generating to like one audience, to be honest with you. Like, for example, if you're a Beyonce fan, you gonna fuck with Beyonce, but if you not a Beyonce fan, you more of a Rihanna fan. You you like oh, it's a nice painting, but I wouldn't buy it, or it's okay. You know you're going to give it's your biased opinion on yep. it. You know, um, versus if I did, you know, picked a random, you know, Ashley off the street, it's beautiful. You know what I mean? Like you mm-hmm. like oh she looks familiar. You can kind of put yourself in that painting or that artwork and say you know you have an unbiased opinion a little bit so it's just kind of tailoring to the audience but at the same time yeah. just giving you like a, a, a inside view of it can be anybody it doesn't have to be a person you know right and it makes it more personal because now your artwork becomes a reflection of us it's, we can see ourselves yeah definitely. definitely so when did you realize that painting is like your passion it's your gift and that thing that you want to keep doing you know um when i realized that when i was going to work it wasn't work wow okay <laughs> let me say that two times yeah. when you realize going to work isn't work <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's fun man like like i was having a conversation with my mom a while back and it was basically about life as far as like you know what you do and i asked the question i said you know, this adulting, this adulting shit is hard. And it she was is. like, yeah, you know, like, this is it. Like, ain't no nother level after this besides death. And I just thought about it. I was like, <laughs> I want more than that. But at the same time, it's like, she's right. Like, it, it ain't nothing left. 
Right. It ain't nothing left after that. You don't get a you don't get more of course you get more money, of course you get a job or whatever like that or a higher degree or whatever like that. But as far as like like that next step, like remember as a kid, we was like, Ooh, we wanna be an adult. It ain't yes. nothing else after being an adult. At all. Like you stuck. <laughs> so you just kinda yeah, it. So you just gotta make it what it is and and if you just hate your job or you dislike it or anything wrong in your life, you gotta make it right right, right now. Or plan for it to be right. You got to get and set that plan in motion whenever you want to do. Even if it's something little, you just have to do it. So when I say find your happiness, it's more of you got to be happy with yourself. Like before anything else manifests into what you want it to be. Wow. You know what? That sounds like a great spot to wrap it up. So thank you yeah. for coming through. I appreciate you. Hey. Hey, no problem, no problem. Appreciate you having me. Of course. And thank you to the audience for tuning in to this week's episode of Drop That Booty. This was the amazing painter and former comedian, Tyreek D. Agnew. You can find him on Instagram at Oh Don't Judge Me. And until the next time, I hope you all take the time to find your happiness. <laughs>